the brain is not structured to just be positive. Like mm. negative thoughts are just, they kind of multiply and grow. So if you don't just affirm yourself and speak positive things into your mind, your brain sometimes get the best of you and just kind of sabotage your, your whole entire day, your projects, your ideas, and kind of just, so we have to con constantly just speak to our brain, how, how amazing we are, how, how we're going to flourish <laughs> so we can get it in there. Welcome to the Routine Project Podcast, the one show that is hyper-focused on routines and routines only. The reason why is because I, your host, Justin Crawford, have found that routines are the secret to building and growing whatever it is we want out of this life. Nothing's off limits here as I'm going to get into the minds of today's leading entrepreneurs, authors, celebrities, athletes, and many more. And my only mission is for you to be inspired enough to take a little bit of the routines they have and get after building the ones that make the most sense for you. Thank you for tuning in wherever you're listening. Now let's get today's episode rolling. My friends, you heard it first. We are on the Routine Project Podcast. If you clicked play when you could have chose millions of other shows out there, I just want to say thank you for joining me. This is an exciting episode because we're with Miss Isadora Ortega, and I can't wait to get into all of how you've created your life in entertainment around routines, structures, habits, and rituals that can totally, if you're listening right now and you're even in or thinking about getting into the entertainment space, uh, this episode's for you. If not, I think Isadora is going to have a lot of stuff to say just for anybody who's listening uh, to help them out. So Isadora, thank you for doing this with me. Thank you for having me. So we always start these conversations in such a way that makes me feel like we can only really get to know who Isadora Ortega is, not just as an actress, writer, producer, but as a human being first. But when do you feel like you really uncovered routines and you felt like, oh my gosh, if I don't have these routines, if I don't wake up this way, if I don't go to bed this way, my life is going to come down to shambles. You know what I mean? Oh, I, I, Every day, as soon as, as soon as I wake up and I don't see a cup of coffee, I realize <laughs> that I'm nothing. <laughs> I feel like that's most people. We've talked with so many folks and it's like, if you start your day with caffeine, it kind of like becomes this addiction and such. But outside of morning routines for you, do you feel like they've been adding, you know, some element of stability and how so, especially as an actress, entertainment's yes. like one of those industries that's so crazy. I do meditation. I do affirmation. You know, sometimes you just have to speak to yourself and that way you just kind of set the pace for the day and, and the things that you want to see yourself doing. And I am this and I am talented and I am beautiful and I am kind. So those are things that I do. Mm, like talking to yourself too. I feel like most people in today's world, right? Anybody who's tuning in, you're probably feeling like the same way that's a routine in and of itself, uh, positive self-talk. So we'll yes. start there. And I just wonder, so like, what's been your journey with positive self-talk and how have you ultimately kind of made a routine out of it? So I've been reading a lot and I was talking to one of my friends and uh, basically the brain is not structured to just be positive. Like mm. negative thoughts are just, they kind of multiply and grow. So if you don't just affirm yourself, and speak positive things into your mind, your brain sometimes get the best of you and just kind of sabotage your, your whole entire day, your projects, your ideas, and kind of just, so we have to con constantly just speak to our brain, how, 
how amazing we are, how, how we're going to flourish <laughs> so we can get it in there. You know, and I start thinking, I mean, here we are laughing too. I mean, I'm over here like, oh yeah, you're right. Like, how do I wake up in the morning? And you and I probably look in the mirror and we're like, yeah, I look good. Yeah, I'm ready to conquer the day. People who might be struggling with that though, I feel like that's, was there a point in time when you had to make the shift of wiring in your brain for that particular perspective? And how'd you do that? I feel like we all struggle. Mm. Uh, you know, we don't, personally, we don't always wake up like, oh, I want to just take over the world today and I want to be productive. <laughs> but you have to tell yourself that you're going to be productive. <laughs> and sometimes you just want to stay in bed and just then watch something and just eat ice cream and do nothing. So you just have to constantly remind yourself of the things that you want to do and mm -hmm. how you want to see your life in the future, because what you do today is going to reflect where you are tomorrow. Mm. And like to your note about productivity and then just being in that mindset of I'm going to invest in myself for the future. How did you do that with acting? I mean, listen, we're like, what, five minutes into this podcast episode. And I know that people who came from your side of the house or even ours, I mean, to write, produce and act and to take on all such roles. Was that a vision you had? How did you productively kind of set yourself up to do that now with this new film, Another Love Story? Um, writing. So I have a writing partner and, um, we set times for writing. You have to make sure that you set a schedule. Otherwise it doesn't get done. Mm. So we have a time for writing. We, we have deadlines that we want to meet. So everything I'm very structured. I need deadlines. I need mm. to set, even with my team, we need to set deadlines because sometimes when you just give people a window, they just wait for the last minute to get things done. So that that's how we kind of structure our, our process of production, pre-production, post-production and things like that. But um, when it comes to investing mm. um, in my career and what I do, I feel like anything that I pour into me is, is valuable. Like it's, it, it has a value. Like mm. I need to pour. If I don't pour into me, who's going to do it? That's right. It goes back that's to how you start your days. You know, as it goes, that's, that's my mindset. If you are not willing to invest in yourself, why would someone else invest in you? Mm, speaking of, and listen, if you, if you're tuning in right now and you're like, okay, well, here's Justin's next question. I'm thinking of it too, my friends. Isadora, I mean, when you need to then take that script that you guys were working on for those hours that were so strictly, you know, put down on the calendar, how do you convince someone to then turn it into a movie and then ultimately convince them to make you the leading role? You know what I mean? Like, that's something I feel like no one really talks about. Like, how do you well, then produce that and make someone else believe in what you wrote? Well, all of this has been in-house uh, funding. So we have funded this project ourselves. That's incredible. If you hear like no noise, it's because I'm looking at her like, are you kidding me? That's amazing. Yeah. So it's like, um, uh, John Singleton, we, I had a meeting with him a long time ago and he said, you need to write, you need to create, you need to put your projects out there. You need to do your own thing. You know, sometimes Hollywood takes a minute to catch up. Say that again. Sometimes Hollywood takes a minute to catch up. So you need to make sure that you invest in yourself, that you create, that you write. And that's something that I really took to heart. So mm -hmm. I, I saved every penny that I had. And instead of buying a designer bag, I put it towards a project for my future. How does it feel on the other end of that? And the reason I asked so immediately was because there are so many of us who 
need, right? We needed to hear this on this episode. I needed to hear this. Monica, who's sitting in our way, not the waiting room, but like the green room of a Zoom call, right? Like Monica, you're amazing. We needed to hear out loud that sometimes you need to do your part to invest even financially to create mm-hmm. something that will then be uh, picked up or, you know, finally get to the, to the billboard and to the screen and to the audiences and such. So how does it feel on the other end of that now? I feel satisfied. <laughs> I feel very, I feel very grateful. I'm just very grateful because once you start working on your, on the things that you're passionate about, other people will be attracted to that energy. And that's what I noticed has happened. So you see other people come together and say, hey, I see that you have done this. I want to help you do that. And, and it has just, it's, it's a type of energy that is created. And more particularly, so can you give us a, an example? Say you have a you know, friend in the industry, like we'll describe that energy and how it really positively worked in your favor uh, when coming out with this film. I would say the project that we're working on now is is a really clear example of that. And it's because we created another love story. We have a Christmas film that is in um, post-production too. And um, through those projects, I met this amazing composer who we went to the screening because um, Dorcas, who plays um, Lily, we went to a screening that she invited me to, and we were watching this short film directed by this amazing director that has been nominated for an Oscar. And the composer there came actually and work in another love story for mm. pennies. He just was like, you know, this is a, a social issue and I want to make sure that your project has good scoring. And he put his time. Like when I tell you for pennies, it was for pennies because this man is talented, mm. Rob. So I told him about my graphic novel. And I was like, do you think that David would, you know, come on board? And he spoke to David. And now we have this amazing director that has been nominated for an Oscar to direct a short film that is based on a graphic novel that I labor like four years ago. And the name of that graphic novel is The the Curse Curse of of the the Flower, Flower. right? So let's go back in time to that novel because listen, if you guys are listening to this podcast, it's not because Isadora is on this new movie film and I can't wait for you to watch it. We're going to link it below all those great things, but it is the reason she is in the media, right? That's just how it works. Like Monica was like, Hey, like we got, you know, Isadora has got this exciting new project. And then an interviewer like me, I just love giving context on podcasts because sometimes they're like, how did you get her on your show? This is how we got on the show. But in doing that, so graphic novel, then why did you create that? and want to then turn it into something even more creative and in this now media space of becoming a next big project. So the graphic and God, this is just my input to people. Never be afraid to ask questions. Even if you see that someone is in a level like that you believe them to be higher than where you are, which mm. is, is, it could be true, but ask questions, communicate with people. I went to a workshop at AFI Mm. and I met Carl Franklin which is the director of the devil with a blue dress I think oh okay with Denzel Washington oh yeah so I told him about the the graphic well I told him about the script so the graphic novel is a film Mm. and he was like wow this is very this is good but this is very expensive and uh he's like my brother does graphic design you should turn it into a graphic novel and a few years pass, 
And that's why it's a graphic novel now. And now it's going to go back into the film form that it started. Full circle is what I call that. Yes. The, the full creative circle. And I ain't talking about yes. the Netflix show. Do you know the, the circle? You know what I'm talking about? Maybe. I know. Uh, are you talking about Dion? No, 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 no. It's called The Circle. It's like a reality show. And I forget what it's about. I think they have to like try to be friends, but talk shit about each other. I don't even know. Anyway, (laughs) the creative circle is what you're talking about, right? The creative Mm -hmm. full circle. That's really freaking cool. And like you had said, ask questions, communicate with people. I want to talk about that now. You being able to do that in your career. Yeah, you might be a little bit more extroverted, but we all know introverted actors and actresses. It's always a thing like you're on camera and giving all this energy. So then you might, you know, revert back to yourself to then fuel for how you like to recharge. So Mm -hmm. it's social wellness month. I'd mentioned it. It's literally July 25th, Monday. Hello, wake up, listen to a podcast with Justin and Isadora. But when you think about like the almost the, I would say routine, right? Cause that's the name of the show. But the, the dance that you've had to do with yourself as like an extroverted actress and someone who always has to communicate. And what does that balance look like? And how has it benefited you in terms of like, you're seeking a gig, right? Or like a seeking mm-hmm. an opportunity for work. Cause that's just the entertainment business. And that's all businesses really. But when you're trying to navigate that on top of then communicating, asking questions, making relationships and building them, how have you done that in, in your world? I keep my circle very small, but when it comes to my career, I'm very proactive. I just, I, I communicate with whomever I need to communicate to get the job done pretty much. Mm. And then how are you finding those people? So give us like an example. The, re- the reason I ask is because if anybody's tuning in, easier said than done is what they're thinking. Is what I'm thinking, but that's how I got you on the show. You know what I mean? I know Monica, so I'm like, of course, we're going to get Isadora on the show. It's just how it works in communication of, of relationships, which is like, as I'd mentioned, July is social wellness month. And I wanted to bring that topic out in all of the episodes we have for the month, just because it kind of, it means something different to a lot of people. But for you, it sounds like you really have a good grab on relationships and how to communicate very strategically, but maybe you do so in also like a nurturing, loving way to get what you need to out of, you know, certain, you know, uh, conversations, for instance, how do you do so? I feel like it's just, you just have to be unique. You have to be you. I'm, I'm not trying to put up or, there's a lot of things out there of people trying to take advantage or just use other people. This is what I have. And how can I assist you? Can you assist me in this? Like, it's just a give and take Mm. type of relationship. Like um, the distributor that we're working with is through a friend of mine that he's a director, he's a writer. And he's like, he saw the film and he's like, I think that they would love it. And they, he sat with us in the meeting and he made the connection out of goodwill. Mm. And that's something that I'm willing to pass to someone else because I'm a firm believer that we can all, we can all create, we can all distribute. There's so many people looking for different type of content. So mm. why not? Or do you think that's getting lost in translation for creative people? So for instance, I feel like you have the right lens on, I would have the right lens on, many people listening have the right lens on, but if, where do you feel like people are getting lost in trying to help other people then do that? Do you think they're just so caught up? Is it that it's too competitive? Are they too selfish? Where have you found that in the creative space? Why people aren't helping others? I work with my friends. I like to hire my friends. Um, I feel like there's, 
we should grow together. We should be, you know, I see them working. I want them to be successful. I want them to achieve what they're, you know, their dreams. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just some people that they just want to be the life of the party themselves. They want to mm-hmm. be the center of attention. They don't want to share the stage with anyone but themselves. It's going to be a lonely world out there. I think what she's it- hitting on folks is you hit the nail on the head. It's not just working with your friends, but people that are almost doing similar things. But when you can find the ways to navigate and work together, it's how Monica and I work together to get you on a show. Do you know what I mean? And I keep bringing Mm -hmm. Monica up. Sorry to like keep dropping your name, sister, but like it makes so much sense in these conversations that like social wellness in order for you to achieve anything like you had mentioned in your career, you need to understand what people are doing, how those relationships work, what their skills and passions are. Mm -hmm. And then you may have to, you know, mastermind that for yourself and you did it. That's why I introduced you as a writer, producer, and actress, because you've spent the hard work, time, and energy really devoting your craft and your passions into now what is converting into big projects and big movies and more money and more you know, success and recognition for what you do. That said, back to routines, if you don't mind. No. (laughs) She's like, that's the name of the show. I think I know what I signed up for. (laughs) Creative routines. I feel like a lot of people these days you know, we have structured very black and white routines. Like you'd said, coffee, walking the dog, getting some headspace with yoga and fitness. What are creative routines that you have you, that you don't feel like other people have, uh, be, especially being an actress and some, you know, writer, producer, what are some creative outlets and things that you have to do to stay sane in your career? Classes. I'm in classes. I'm, I take classes every week. Um, before we uh, started the show, I was doing a self-tape and coaching and um, and I take speech and diction and vocal classes. There's things that we need to do to be, this is our tool. We, you know, like I cannot get into an emotional space or connecting space with just working my tool. Uh, dancers can dance, actors either we're on set or we should be, like in my opinion, mm. either you're on set shooting or you should be in class putting up work. I've heard that. That's just what I believe. Mm. So if you're not doing one, then you should be doing the other. So when the, you know, the auditions come along or when you're on set, you know how to tap into these little things that they are asking you to do. Cause it just Mm. doesn't happen just organically. Oh, you're organically talented. Yes. Great. But how do I tap into what this director is asking me to do? Mm. If I don't really work the muscle. Yeah. I've heard that a couple of times where there's like certain things you all have to do behind the scenes in order to get to the big screen. That's just always Mm -hmm. how it's been. I would think that that's the writing and producing part, but like you had said, you're taking classes and and doing it on like such a weekly routine basis. And that's what's gotten you to where you are too. Mm -hmm. Outside of um, more tangible things like that, is there anything that you found very helpful to you as a creative person, somebody who has an idea and brings it to life in a graphic novel or a film that you feel like has really added some value in terms, you know, what, is there anything that you like cold plunging or, you know, weekly sauna trips to like sweat out your, you know, uh, creative thoughts? I don't know. Like, is there anything in that arena? Um, this week, I will be going to the spot and I am going to do a deep tissue massage and I am going to get in the, I do um, infrared sauna uh, weekly and all of those things help a lot. Yeah. There's just so many things going on that you just, sometimes you just need a minute to just 
Woosa yourself. Mm. Woosa, she said. And then so <laughs> away from creativity, when you're not working and you, and I'm asking all these questions and just I, the idea that like, and people who are tuning in right now, I'm sure you feel in the same type of way when you think of life outside of career. So if we can take a pivot, I know you have two Huskies, <laughs> but you know, outside of life with work, life with life and Isadora and what you want to be doing that's not related to entertainment. What does that look like in a routine way for you? How have you kind of kept a routine of not always working all the time? Um, I just, what I'm going to just say kind of what I would like, which is not what it is right now, but I just want to live like a full life. Like, you know, my person travel, uh, family, that's, those are things that really matter to me. Like I love traveling. I love good food. I love seeing new places. Mm. I love taking road trips. Uh, I am a, I'm a family, I'm a family type of person. So I love, um, creating those experiences with my family. So, mm. um, you know, taking trips with my person, Yeah. you know, when that time happens, <laughs> yeah, right, right. So, <laughs> we all feel like that, that one. <laughs> we feel that one. Isadora, <laughs> I can't help but think about your extensive and very diverse background. And this is coming from a military route. I'm half Japanese. I've always told people that like, when you do grow up in very different countries and have very different experiences. It adds elements to your now desire to want to travel. Did that come from your background? And then ultimately, especially as an entertainer, I feel like Hollywood's the only place where you'd want to be. But then you said you now want to try to grow a more holistic lifestyle where you're able to do all the things all the time. I have always been into like travel shows. So I, I'm a, I'm a, I was a very big fan of Anthony Bourdain. So um, I love travel shows. I love seeing the culture. I love seeing the food. Uh, you know, COVID was kind of a curse and a gift because now we're able to do self-tapes. So wherever I go, I can actually submit a self-tape and I can still be in Thailand or I could be in Tulum and send a self-tape in. We should have podcasted in Tulum. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Same thing with media. We've all figured the hack of Zoom. Someone asked you me know? the other day, uh, to your point, how do you like do these interviews? I'm like on Zoom with a little microphone in my face. Like it's just uh, how we do it. And there's nothing yeah. wrong with it. But like you had said, it allows for flexibility. How do you plan? I want to go back. Life. To- exactly. I want to go back to your note about being a holistic human. Uh, you want a now more fulfilled life. What about it do you feel like is going to add more value to you? Because I feel like you have it. You have it all with your career. Ha- what do you I feel like great, you're missing? I have great things. I just do not believe in just, it's just work or just family. I just want to be able, I don't know if I'm just being super ambitious, but I believe that I'm, I, that I should be able to have everything that I want, you know, have a, you know, a, a career that I'm happy to, to do, but I also want to be able to go back home and have my person and have my family and have my kids and have, you know, I have my, my house should be my, my safe place. So there's things that that's what, that's what I believe I should, it should, you know, it's super, I feel like people that just have one thing or the other, just, just not always super satisfied or fulfill or happy. <laughs> have you met anybody recently that has expressed that to you? I'm curious. Yeah. There's people that they have so many things and they, they just doesn't, they don't seem like they're 
build up because they don't really have even someone that they can actually share it with someone that is genuinely there for them because of them not because of what they have or who they know and that's sad it goes back of course it's sad you know what i mean i feel like all of us we've all had these conversations it goes back to what you said when we clicked the record button today you wake up and you have to have positive self-talk and that is so crucial in not only like bringing things to life, like an idea, right. For a graphic novel that was supposed to be a movie. That's now going to be a movie. Uh, there's so many unique components to just understanding how your positive mindset and optimistic uh, view on things will benefit you. Um, but I can't help but think now Isadora, how for you, when you want to now create that life for yourself, but you are so damn busy, how do you view time? How do you manage it in a routine way? And you know, now, now I'm just waiting. <laughs> now I'm just, honestly, I just feel like things are going to come into an alignment when they're supposed to. So I worked on me, on being the best version of me that I can be. And then everything else will come together. I can't wait I to believe a lot in the law of attraction. You attract how you feel, you attract what you want. And I know what I want. I know how I'm feeling and that eventually will come. You have such a peace of mind until your dogs interrupted you earlier. And I'm, <laughs> it's oh, I'm so <laughs> great to see there's something about, and I'm an energy person too. anybody who's listening. I'm, all of us are energy people. It's how the human experience works. Dr. Drew and I, right after Isadora's episode, we'll talk about the same thing probably next week or the week after. And the human experience is very important to find fulfillment in, but it starts with you. And I was going to say mm-hmm. a second ago before my stupid joke about the husky, I don't even know if that joke made sense, but I was like, Isadora, you know, you have proven that when you put you first, the other, co- the other things come because mm-hmm. you can have it all. What do they always say? You can have it all. You just can't have it all at one time, mm-hmm. you know? And so now I want to ask you, was there anybody in your life, particularly when you were growing up? Cause I mean, listen, you have, three backgrounds, just like my brother's child. And it's beautiful. You're gorgeous. Like you've lived this fulfilled life of having such a diverse background and now diverse career background as well, which is amazing. So I could only imagine the people you've met, the people that have inspired you and motivated you. If you can think of one person that you admired based on their routines and what they've taught you from watching them that led to this now mind mindset really that you have, who is that one person? Um, I will say my mom and my grandma, and they have nothing to do with the, the industry, but it was just their work ethic. You know, they don't always want it to like get up at four, five in the morning and go to work, but they did. So there's aspect of what I do that I don't love it, but I do it and I do it to the best of my knowledge because is is what is advancing my career. Like I never, I didn't know how to do SAG paperwork. Honestly, paperwork are not my thing, (laughs) but I had to learn. So there's Mm -hmm. just things that I have, you know, learned through life and seen just my, the way that my mom and my grandma work to understand that I might not like it, but it's great to know how to do it. It's great to, it is a step in advancing my career where I want it to be. Mm. 
I have a random question. This mm-hmm. is the cool thing about podcasting. There's no like hard stop. Uh, Isidora <laughs> has to go on the Today Show next. Justin, get out of the Zoom call. Hurry the fuck up. Um, <laughs> yeah. I have a question about <laughs> just how I said the F word and I promised myself I wouldn't on the show. Excuse me. I hope I bleep it out in post-production. The, you, uh, you know, I, I learned my lesson, girl. Trust me. <laughs> There's if y'all are listening and you again um tune into any podcast, a lot of them cuss a lot. And I was like, Yeah, let's like not cuss that much. We can cuss if we want to, but whatever. We'll talk about that another day. My next question for you is if you were not an actress, what do you think you'd be doing with your life professionally? Um, I probably would be a marine biologist. What? Why so? So I went to I want to, I also study um, broadcasting journalism, but marine biology has always been like a pat. I love, I love the ocean. So when I was um, in school, I did apply for um, University of Hawaii, something, something. I was like, I'm oh, going yeah. to be at the beach, just swimming and exploring the ocean. And so now I just, I take that and I just, I wash um, Shark Week every year and I'm like, oh. That's my thing. So I, I cool. love marine life. So maybe, probably, could be, or broadcasting. Who knows? You know, maybe both. Here's something <laughs> for you. Speaking of creativity, folks, I was going to ask you about the left and right brain, but you, we've already answered all the questions that I thought I was going to ask you. So let's go in a different direction for a moment. As to, she has a blue screen behind her, like a blue recording tape. Uh, what are those called? Backdrops. It reminds me of the ocean. That's kind of cool. But the other thing I was going to say is my creative brain is just like, whoa, what if there's a thing where Isadora can take her acting and writing, producing talents and career, and then one day pivot into, you know, molding something within marine biology into that then leads to broadcast, right? Maybe it leads to you being, here's my vision. And I'm just going to go on a tangent. I feel like you, if you were like, Miss broadcast TV reporter in a movie that you wrote and produced around marine biology. Maybe it's like an educational thing for HGTV or Travel Channel. You said you love Travel Channel shows. Maybe you partner with them and like that could be a whole thing. Here's where I'm getting at. That tangent was on the table because I feel like that's the room of what your life has encompassed. It's taking an idea like that and being able to just go and run with it or swim with it, right? You say you love Shark Week. So like maybe swimming with the sharks with that one, but isn't that kind of cool? And so I feel like and- I, I thought about it. I was like, yeah, honestly, I just might play a marine biologist in the future. So that's that's then I get my fix, you know, and it goes back to what we were just talking about, which is you can have all of it, just not at one time. Maybe it's you're not collecting these tools for a reason. As we wrap up this conversation, though, I think it's really important to talk about the I don't want to go back to the film. OK, another love story is out and it was out probably about a week before we aired this episode with Isadora now. And the reason I say that is because you can find it everywhere. If you click on that see more descriptor below, we're going to link everything. I think it's like an IMDb page and probably the Amazon link or whatever. I'm going to link all that stuff. But in the meantime, there is a purposeful reason that you joined the show. And it was around the mission of the movie in a social context and the message you all wanted to share with the world. And I wanted to talk about that. Yes. So when you were told what the movie was about or like in the creation of how everyone was going to see it when you guys were in that maybe a writer's room or you know whatever that was for you why did you now want to be so passionate about bringing this out in the world so another love story is um based on true events my best friend from childhood was killed um six years ago 
um, by the guy that she was dating and then he killed himself too. Um, so I think it was, it was my way of like dealing with the pain and I just started like researching, um, you know, domestic abuse and how many countries were affected by domestic abuse and how many women, how many men and things like that. And what I, what we came to realize is that it's like, it's a pandemic. It's like everywhere. It has become, it, and it became worse after um, COVID, you know, because people were just like in a house together all the time. Um, so I just wanted to tell the story because some people do not understand. Basically, the police is not even trained to deal with domestic abuse. Um, the laws are just very flawed when it comes to domestic abuse because there's a sense of property. That's your partner. So we can we shouldn't get involved when it shouldn't be like that. You know, uh, someone that kills uh, a random pe person that they don't know or are associated with will get more time than if you go and kill your um, partner, you know, your, your, you know, significant other. So, and it shouldn't be like that. A crime should be a crime. Um, mm -hmm. And those laws are not in place to protect people. And um, so I just wanted to tell a story because also it deals with a lot with mental, with um, mental health. And that's something that we attach to the story. That's right. Um, for someone to hurt the person that they're supposed to love to that extent, there has to be something here that is not fully there, you know? Mm. And um, so when people see domestic um, abuse victim, they're like, oh, well, why don't you just leave? And it's like, it's not that simple. It's not that simple. It's like, there's so much manipulation. There's somebody threatening your life, threatening the life of the people that you love. Um, before uh, another love story was, I think it was in December of this year, uh, I had someone come up to me and said, my friend has been missing and her boyfriend had her locked up in a hotel and pretty much gave her drugs until he killed her. And then he called the police and said that she drugged herself. He sh shut down her Facebook, took her the car to her, um, the keys to her car. And what people don't understand is that it's not domestic violence, it's domestic abuse. All of these things are abusive keeping someone from speaking to their family member, taking the, the key cards, like just that's, that's what leads until it's violent, you know, mental, uh, verbal abuse. And, um, and I just wanted to, to, to share a story with people that they can actually, hey, see the little signs, check on your friend. Is that a real bruise? Did she really fell down the stairs? Did she just knocked into something? Like it, we need to be on the lookout for those type of times. Mm -hmm. um and not I, I wouldn't always say intervene uh get them in private get help because these people are very aggressive and it, we have seen it in the news that everybody it, they hurt them the the partner their friends and everybody in between right right well listen i i think that i mean i'm over here getting lost in what you're saying because it's so true and so powerful it's a topic none of us we, we don't hear or see and a lot of this people, in that don't way. Understand that sex is so powerful. Sex is such a drug. And when you have abuse and sex kind of intertwined, there's such a like thin line between none, you know, this person loves me so much when they do. And then there's little moments of bad things happening that they get like, it's a blurred line. Everything gets kind of confusing. Mm. So the creators of the movie then, are you all like, what did that conversation look like in terms of the the 
what you wanted people to take away from it. I'm, I'm just wondering here because like when I go watch it and my friends watch it and such, like we can watch this, these things, the, the messaging that you're speaking to is all 100% valid. And I love that this is now out for folks to watch, but what did you all as a team really want people to take away and then maybe do something about going forward? That there's always a moment in, in those relationships that you're going to see the sign for you to leave or for you not to continue and for you to understand that, oh, I won't do it again. It's not real. If they did it once, they're going to do it again. You know, and once you allow uh, a push, it's going to turn into a slap. And then the slap is going to turn into something else. And it's just escalate. It never just kind of just goes away. So it's more of that is if you're, you know, if you're used to seeing your friend and now she started or he started in this brand new relationship and now they can leave their house. That's the type of signs that I'm referring to. You know, there's things that just look at the signs. and, And once you watch the film, you realize that there's a moment in the film that she that was her moment to, you know, to leave. Mm, so powerful too, not just like with depth of what you all have created and put in the world, but what we can learn from it. The intensity of relationships nowadays. I didn't even think about this. This is a whole nother area. And folks, I say social wellness is relationships. This is another area of that I hadn't even looked at. I'd been in Harvard Business Reviews for the past months, you know, and all these studies, just like you, I would research the hell out of relationships and introverts and extroverts and such, but how they relate in an intimate setting, you just uncovered for us. Very manipulative. There's a lot of manipulation happening. And um, the worst thing is when somebody makes you feel so little that you think that the only person that is going to love you is that abusive person. That's insane. Like there's a fire truck outside. So I hope you guys don't hear it in my microphone, but that's insanely true, you know, and has there been anybody who's, I'm curious, has there been anybody who's watched the film or even anybody in the business that you guys sent who didn't create the show that gave feedback? What was that feedback? So when we started shooting the film, I didn't know we had one of our producers. She's a survivor of domestic abuse. Uh, I'm not going to mention the other two, but there's other two cast members. They came up to me and said, hey, I dealt with this, this, and this. Look at the picture. Um, there's someone that I actually work with, a uh, fellow actress. And after the premiere, she came into me and she's like, I also, you know, to me and the director. And she was like, I am a survivor too. And it's just a cousin of mine that I had no idea. There's things that, and I feel so bad because it's my cousin, you know? And I was like, um, I'm sorry. This is what I said to her. I said, I'm sorry. And she's like, but why? I was hiding it. I, I was, I kept it a secret, you know? So this like, she was like, there's no way of you knowing because I kept it hidden. So it's things yeah. like that, that were very like impactful and they felt really heavy. Um, I was just going to say, even like some of the heaviest topics though lead to impact. And it's not until you start the conversation to then we can have it. You and I are talking about it now. We're mm-hmm. getting into a more heavy part of it. I was like, oh, we were like la di da di da about like a lot of topics so far, but in good faith that this now is the perfect way to, um, to educate folks, but ultimately still kind of bring to life what you were wanting to bring to life these, all these years, which is Mm -hmm. a very important conversation to have, uh, from a conversation we've had, you know? And so that's impactful. 
I can't wait for people to watch this um, in that I know there's people who will relate. I'm thinking of several friends right now, which is insane, you know? And anybody listening, you're thinking of your friends. If it's you, I highly recommend. Actually, you know what? Since you have the experience, Isidore, I don't have really call to actions, but if someone is, have you learned anything from your research or maybe having done the film already and getting all that feedback you had just mentioned when someone is going through whatever level of intensity of domestic or verbal abuse, where, especially in a relationship, like you know, an intimate one with their significant other, what are steps they can take? Um. So there's a few agencies that they deal with stuff like that, because mm. sadly for everything in, in, in the system, we need proof, you know, proof of this, proof of that. So there are agencies that do help with getting that proof that you need so that person can actually serve time because uh, an order of protection is not enough anymore. You know, uh, they uh, break the law and then they send them back out. Um, so there's a few agencies that they will do surveillance pretty much. They will do video, that they will do audio, and they will keep that, you know, evidence so they could take it to court and, and you know, take that to a, the next level. Um, we work with someone um, and she works for one of those agencies. Um, I can try to send you that information to see if you want to add it um, mm. with Monica. Yeah, for but sure. And I think like... Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Any information helps. And the only reason I say that is because I don't want people leaving this episode right now with us, uh, having heard you say such valuable information and around a conversation we should and deserve to have if you're going through such a thing. Um, so if there's anything we've linked after we were on the show, um, we'll put it down in the descriptor. Otherwise, simply telling folks you trust, I think is ultimately mm-hmm. going to lead to some type of solution. Uh, but it's until you tell me these things about your film, my friend, that we can't even have the conversation on the podcast like this. So, you know, I just want to seriously thank you and congratulations on all the things you've been doing. Okay. Another love story is out now. Like I'd mentioned, folks, we'll link it below. Um, and then of course, we're working and taking this graphic novel, the Curse of the Flower, a legend of, you can pronounce it for me, Anna. Anna Kaona. Anna Kaona, right? So we're going to take that into a film soon. I'm really excited for you. All of her social links, everything Isadora is about will be below. But until we bring you guys another episode, I think I said it was Dr. Drew. Maybe he's there. Maybe he's not. I don't know. Uh, we have great guests coming up. But right now, I'm just so thankful that Isadora was able to come on the show and kick off the week of July 25th. So thank you for being here, my friend, uh, and saying yes. Thank you very much. And from here on, folks, you clicked on a podcast that I hope you learned something from. I'm going to roll into the outro with everything that I want you guys to do if you want to hang out with us and keep subscribing. And if this was the only episode you ever listened to, I hope you got something from it, especially relating to what Isidore was talking about, which is such an important conversation to be had around uh, just domestic and verbal and physical and every type of abuse that should not be happening in relationships. So take that with you and maybe share it with a friend or two. And we'll talk to you guys very soon again. Hey, routiners. Thanks for listening to the Routine Project podcast today. Now the show is only going to grow because of you amazing people who continue to take a step in the right direction and building or growing those routines that matter most to you. Hang out with me all season long by clicking that subscribe button on whatever platform you clicked play on. And when you come back for more episodes, your thoughts matter just as much as mine. So if you'd click that rating and review section to let me know what you love and what you learned from today's conversation, I would really appreciate it. Until I get that next episode to you, my name is Justin Crawford, and this is the Routine Project Podcast.